Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. In Revelation 14, 10, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture, tormented with fire and brimstone, in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So there's all these beholds that we have about the Lord Jesus Christ, a lot of beholds about this man. And the picture of Jacob in Genesis 32 is like, Jacob is just entered into this earnestness. There's an earnestness there about Jacob, earnest in prayer, and has turned into this wrestling struggle which teaches us something about prayer. It's a struggle, something very strange. An unknown, unnamed stranger wrestling now with Jacob. Wrestled, that's used here, the Hebrew word abak, it comes from the word dust. It comes from the word dust. In Nahum 1.3, it says, the Lord is slow to anger and great in power and not at all quit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. That's where this word is coming from also. The picture is that in this wrestling, it was just a lot of dust in the air was going on here, a lot of dust. And Jacob even asked the man's name, and the question goes unanswered, but it becomes obvious that who he is because of his blessing. But the word wrestled here does not have the meaning of attack is an earnestness here. You know, it's the word to kind of, uh, to wrestle, to hold on to, you know, to adhere. It's like the story I told you last week about the doja fish, you know, that dart themselves into the, re- the tofu to get cool. So let me ask you, you look at verse 24, and they wrestled Jacob with a man. Does the verse say, and they wrestle, um, what does it say? And they wrestled Jacob with the man, or does it say, and they wrestled the man with Jacob? Which one does it say? That's right. So it doesn't say, and they wrestled Jacob with the man. It says, and they wrestled the man with Jacob. There's a difference. There's a difference. Jacob was not wrestling with the man to get the man. Jacob was not wrestling with the man to get the man to stop holding him. The man was wrestling with Jacob because the man was trying to get away from Jacob. And this is brought out when the man says to Jacob in verse 26, let me go. Jacob clung to the man while the man was struggling to free himself from Jacob. And this was a really close body-to-body contact. This was a body-to-body struggling, as wrestling is. So the man first meets Jacob as a stranger, and then through clinging, Jacob knows he's God. He's the preserver of his life. So this nameless man, he comes to Jacob as if he's an enemy, and I don't know who's trying to free himself from the grasp, but in his confidence, in this confidence, I mean, Jacob is good at wrestling. He's already wrestled. He starts out his life wrestling. He's, got, he's grabbed the heel of his brother. 
And then he wrestles with Esau, then he wrestles with Laban, and it's always wrestling. But there's a comment on what happened here this night, very important, in Hosea 12.4. Hosea 12.4 makes a comment about this night. When it says in Hosea 12.4, yea, speaking about Jacob, he had power over the angel and prevailed. Think about that. Jacob had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept. He made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. Speak with us. Now, Jacob's wrestling consisted mainly of weeping and pleading. So if you were to look at this scene, you were a bystander, you'd hear weeping, you'd see tears, and you'd see a lot of dust. Right? Prayers and tears are Jacob's weapons. The spiritual seed of Jacob will cling to the Lord Jesus Christ with tears and prayers. And Jacob had power by weeping and making supplication. And this was the same angel, as Hosea tells us, that previously had found Jacob and Bethel. Now, this was not just a little wrestling match. This was a prolonged wrestling that went on all night long. That's what it says, until the breaking of the day. You know, whenever I read those words in verse 24, they wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. That part about the breaking of the day, it always reminds me, I've told you this before, it always reminds me about the time when Russ Plowman was working for Caltrans on a road in El Centro in the summer. And he told me, because I was just starting Scanabizes back in the 70s, and we didn't have any goats, so we rented goats. We had a rent-a-goat program. <laughs> Only we didn't have the goats, we rented other people's goats. Anyway, he told me about a rancher there who had about 100 tiny little shrub goats, but don't underestimate them, man. Don't, don't underestimate them. I used to call them little demons. Anyway, in pens... And he had made these pens out of pallets and even put a pallet roof over them. And, and they were along the side of the road. And Russ says, you could probably use them for scantibodies. And so, you know, Russ told me, he said, look, I got to go work on this road down there in El Centro. So I rent this hotel room and I'm out by, you know, eight and, you know, checkout times like 1030. You can use it to wash up in the morning. So I went to the rancher. I found him. I said, hey, can I rent your goats? I said, you know, make antibodies. I got to immunize them and then I'll come back and collect antiserum. He said, sure. So since it was over 100 degrees in El Centro during the day, I arranged to immunize these goats at night. And I came back. I was going to go alone. I told Pastor Jim I was going to do, and he said, I'll go with you to help you. I thought, well, that's nice. And so these goats were unbelievably wild. And when Pastor Jim and I got in the pen, you know, we'd jump in this uh, pallet, pen made out of pallet and bailing wire, and all these goats would just rush to the other side and they would eye us with these wild eyes. And then we would plunge into these goats. I don't know if you can get this picture or not. And we'd grab one, and we'd struggle as they practically wrenched our wrist off there. Struggle, he struggled to get loose. We'd throw them down on the ground. And then I would take one of the 120 syringes that I had with the emulsion and inject them 20 times into his skin, intradermally, right into the skin. Not under his skin, in his skin. And then I mark him with a paint stick. Of course, I'm sure I immunized myself. I know I immunized myself many times, too. I, I probably have really great antibodies now. Anyway, so we're going to repeat this process, and too many times, you know, we, we would jump in and grab a goat and find out he was already marked. So that's why it went from midnight till 6 in the morning. And that's told you about, about this. About 3 in the morning, that's when Pastor Jim made this great proclamation when he says, now I know why the Lord's going to say to the goats on his left hand, depart from me and be cast into hell. <laughs> 
but I remember how we finished at 6 a.m., and it was the breaking of the day. That was almost 40 years ago. I'll never forget that thought in the morning when the sun rose up. We've wrestled with these goats all night long till the breaking of the day. For Jacob, this was a night of wrestling all night long until the breaking of the day. And then we read, now we go on and read in verse 25, when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. In verse 25, when it says, when he saw that he prevailed not, who is he? Now, I have to ask you a question. Who is the one who saw that he prevailed not? That's right. The man, Jesus, the God, the man who is God. The man who is God saw that he prevailed not against Jacob. I'm sorry. I can't get over that. I can't get over that. What? God prevailed not? I mean, how could God prevail not? What does this mean that the almighty God could not prevail against puny Jacob, who's like in his 90s? What does this mean? God was in an all-night wrestling match with Jacob. That match went on till the dawn, and all through the night, God couldn't prevail? What, it wasn't enough time? Can't get over it. I mean, uh, God who created Jacob out of the dust of the ground, God who with words of his mouth, he puts trillions of stars in the perfect place in the universe. We read this morning the breaking of the bread in Revelation. God, the Lord Jesus, whose eyes are like a flame of fire, all he has to do is look at something and reduce it to ashes. This almighty God, with all his power, could not prevail against Jacob. Why not? This is unbelievable. Why not? Because God chose to condescend and humble himself to the position of not being able to prevail against Jacob. Clearly, this was God's choice to condescend to the level of not being able to prevail against Jacob in this wrestling match. This raises an astounding question of exactly who is God? When you read something like that, you say, is this who God is? I thought God was the Almighty One who has all power and authority. And does God choose to condescend to the point where he cannot prevail against a man? Does God choose to condescend to this level to become a man that he can't prevail against a 90-year-old man in a wrestling match? Does God choose to condescend like that? Yes. The astounding truth is that that's who the Almighty God is. Yes. The Almighty God chose to condescend. Yes, the Almighty God who chose to condescend to not be able to prevail against Jacob in verse 25 also chose to condescend to the place of inviting man to reason with him in Isaiah 118 when he said, Come now, Isaiah 118, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. Be red like crimson, they'll be as wool. Yes, the Almighty God who chose to condescend to not being able to prevail against Jacob in verse 25, also chose to become the king of Israel and to ride into the capital, the city, Jerusalem, on a baby donkey. And Zechariah 9.9, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, Zechariah 9.9. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He's just and having salvation, lowly. What? Lowly. Riding upon an ass. Oof, not even a full one. He's just a colt, a full of an ass. Yes, the Almighty God, who's so rich that he owns everything, 
not only chose to condescend to not being able to prevail against Jacob in verse 25, but also chose to make himself poor so that we could become rich, as it says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Yes, the Almighty God who chose to condescend to not be able to prevail against Jacob in verse 25 also chose to condescend to become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, as it says in Philippians 2.5. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, he was God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Yes, the Almighty God who chose to condescend to not prevail against Jacob in verse 25 also chose to condescend to the place of less than a worm. Less than a worm on the cross. When he said from the cross in Psalm 22, 6, Psalm 22, 6, but I'm a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despise of the people. That's the Almighty God. Yes, the Almighty God, the same one who chose to not be able to prevail against Jacob in verse 25, also chose to condescend, humble himself, go down to the level of allowing, not just allowing Jacob to prevail on him, but allowing men to pluck off the hairs from his beard, to spit in his face, and to lacerate his back with whips. In Isaiah 56, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Just the Almighty God. This Almighty God, the one we're seeing in verse 25, who chose to not be able to prevail against Jacob, he chose to become the Messiah of Israel and die for the sins of the world. In Daniel 9.26, Daniel 9.26, after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. That's the Almighty God. Almighty God we're looking at in verse 25, who chose to not be able to prevail against Jacob. He chose to condescend to die for our sins, and he chose to condescend and be made as a man for the express purpose of suffering death and to be able to taste death for every man. As it says in Hebrews 2.9, Hebrews 2.9, we see Jesus was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. He was made for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God should taste death for every man. That's the Almighty God. In verse 25, the one who chose to condescend to, to not be able to prevail against Jacob, he endured the, he chose to endure the cross and the shame. It's hard, this is hard for us to see, but it says this in Hebrews 12 too, that we are to look, hard as it is to see, we're commanded, look, look, looking unto Jesus. What are we looking at when we see? He's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Look at him enduring the cross and despising the shame. Look at him making himself with Jacob not able to prevail against him in verse 25. Stand back in amazement and look. And then you got to say, I guess I didn't know who God was. I really didn't know. Because in verse 25, we see God humbles himself. God condescends. I didn't know that. Well, welcome to the knowledge of God. Welcome to the true God. This is the true God. 
in verse 25. The true God condescends. The true God humbles himself. And that fact that God condescends and humbles himself is what the Jewish leaders rebelled against and said, no, if that's God, we don't want God. We will not have this man, this God, to rule over us. Not a condescending God. Not a humbles himself. And with their decision, God turns to us and says, well, what about you? Will you accept that the lowly, humble Jesus is God? Because the truth is, is that the lowly, humble Jesus is the Almighty God who humbled himself just as we see the Almighty God in verse 25 humbling himself to the level of not being able to prevail against Jacob. This was Jacob's grand success. This was a time for Jacob. He held his ground, he kept his ground, and he didn't allow this man to leave. How is he able to do that? How could Jacob do that? Because of what's said in Job 23.6. In Job 23.6, it says, will he, God says, will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. I'm sorry, Job says this. He, God puts strength in him, in Job. God puts strength in Jacob. Isaiah 27.5, same truth. Isaiah 27.5. Let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. This was not Jacob's strength. It was God's strength in Jacob that enabled Jacob to prevail. Jacob was helped in his wrestle, in his struggle. When we look at Jacob struggling this night, we see ourselves. Sometimes we struggle in prayer, and we ask, am I prevailing? Just as Jacob was helped, God wants to help us in our prayer struggle. That's why it says in Romans 8.26, Romans 8.26, likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. The Spirit helpeth. The Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So when Jacob saw that he prevailed and that the man prevailed not, that was a great encouragement for Jacob. That was really encouraging for Jacob. And Jacob learned this night as he prevailed that with the help of God, Jacob could prevail. And Jacob learned the value in this match here of the help of God, as it says for us in Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So what happened this night as, as he prevailed? What happened is Jacob learned something he would never forget just like me with the goats. I'll never forget that. But Jacob learned something more valuable. <laughs> he, Jacob learned that night, as he prevailed, that he learned something that he carried with him all the way to his deathbed. And on his deathbed, when he was giving his final blessings to the sons, Jacob came to Joseph. And when Jacob came to Joseph, we can just see Jacob pausing and looking at Joseph and thinking back over all of Joseph's life and saying to himself, what shall I say about Joseph? What can I say about Joseph? Just look at Joseph. He prevailed. Joseph prevailed over his brothers who hated him and wanted to murder him. Just look at Joseph. He prevailed over being falsely accused of raping Potiphar's wife. He prevailed. Just look at Joseph. He prevailed over being imprisoned in Egypt with his feet that were hurt in stocks. Just look at Joseph. He prevailed over the challenge of keeping all Egypt alive during seven horrible years of famine. How was he able to do this? How was Joseph able to prevail over all that, Jacob asks. 
And with his final blessing, Jacob explains how Joseph was able to prevail in Genesis 49.24. Genesis 49.24, where it says, but his bow, you know, bow and arrow, his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands, the arms of Jacob's hands, were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. He calls him the mighty God of Jacob. He's talking about this night in Genesis 32. The mighty God of Jacob from thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. So to describe Joseph and how he prevailed, Jacob paints a beautiful picture, a wonderful picture, a little boy, just a little boy with a bow and arrow, and the bow is taller than the boy, And the little boy, he wants to shoot the bow and arrow, but he can't even pull the string back on the bow. The bow's too big for him. And the little boy tries, but his arms aren't strong enough. He can't pull the bow. His hands aren't strong enough. He can't hold the string. And Jacob says, Joseph's bow abode in strength. How? He explains. Jacob explains. He says, Joseph's bow abode in strength And he says, the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. What a beautiful picture he's painted. Jacob has just painted a beautiful picture of how God helped Joseph to prevail. There's a little boy, his arms aren't strong enough to pull the string back, his hands not strong enough to hold the string. And God says to Joseph as a little boy, just pick up, just pick up the bow, pull it with your arms, hold it with your hand. And then the image is that of God who's coming right behind the little boy like this. And God's hand, his hand is on Joseph's hand as he's holding the string. And God, using his arms, pulls the string back. And then God says to Joseph, okay, little fella, with my hand on your hand and my arm strengthening your arm, you can do it. So now shoot, shoot the arrow, and the arrow hits the mark, and Joseph was able to prevail. That's how we can prevail in life. In the same way that Jacob did in verse 25, in the same way that Jacob said Joseph did, as we yield to God and we hear God say to us, here you go, little fella, let me lean over you. Let me lean over you. Let me put my hand on your hand. Let me use my arm to add to the strength of your arm. Together, we're going to shoot this bow. Jacob could not prevail with God in verse 25 except with God's strength. And we cannot prevail except with God's strength. The unnamed man is a mighty wrestler, but Jacob does not yield in the struggle, and the struggle goes on through all the night, and at last the day dawns, and the man realizes that Jacob has not prevailed. And he says, he prevailed against him, prevailed not against him. An astounding statement, but then a change is going to happen, which, unless you want to sit here for another hour, we'll have to wait till next week. So stay tuned. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are. We didn't know. Lord, you are the God who humbles himself, condescends with all your power. And we thank you for doing that in the picture that we see here. And we pray, Lord, that that all of us here would take time to be holy, to be alone with God, and to let you, Lord, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. (music) 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E. Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13 and a half point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.